Okay. I think everything's working. Let's go for it. Here's the bonus hour, guys. <clears throat> Welcome. I told you guys that I would probably do a bonus hour because I had more information I wanted to present, uh, specifically about Joffe and the revelations that we got from uh, Trust Core Systems, although the web browser is pulling Trust Core and um, Packet Forensics being back in the news. And what I have is that Dawson S. Field over on Twitter, who everybody should follow and pay attention to because he has he has a very interesting mind and he writes spectacular threads. Um, Dawson put together a really good thread, which branches out into several other threads. So this bonus hour is going to be a dive into his work and I'm going to present his threads and we're going to rabbit trail off a bit and it's going to be just a an information download related to Joffe and things around Joffe. Before I get started with that, I want to tell everybody, thank you for watching. Uh, if you like the show, please share. Please hit the thumbs up button or the plus button over on Rumble because that really helps me out. I've noticed that lately I've made like there's like a battle board on Rumble with like the top 50 shows in the past 24 hours or so. I think it, I think it's past 24 hours and it ranks them by how many Rumbles they've got. I've hit that I've hit that battle board several times lately, and that's awesome. That makes me feel really good and really helps me grow the show. So I, I very much appreciate it. Um, if you're enjoying this show and you're also interested in some Christmas shopping, I have partnered with Benson Honey Farms. You can find BensonHoneyFarms.com. The link is in the description of this show. If at checkout you use rep code JustHuman, it helps them out and it helps me out, and you get some great products. I use Benson Honey Farms products every day. I have the honey right here, and uh, I just got a package in today with some more candy. My favorite products they have are these honey candies and uh, their soaps. Those are my favorites. So patriotic small business out of Nebraska and very good people. Happy to work with them and happy to partner with them. And I, I love using their products. So um, appreciate everybody who's gone there and used rep code just human. Um, I got some numbers on that today and thank you very much for doing that. Really appreciate it. So let's get to our dig here or rather Dawson's dig. Now you may remember I addressed this right here with Joffy getting 80 million email addresses. And we talked about these anti-spam laws and we talked about this news article from November 8th from Washington Post where Trust Core Systems have been flagged uh, because they, they're they supposed to vouch for the legitimacy of websites, as it says right here, via these certificates certificates of authentic, authentication. Ah, I can't speak this afternoon. And uh, we yeah, anyway, we read this article at the very end of the show on Friday. And then the next article was this one was news news that the major web browsers were going to be dropping Trust Core. Well, Dawson did a thread on this same story, same article we just looked at. Let's dig into it. So again, this is Dawson S. Field. You should definitely follow him on Twitter. Very interesting mind, very, very good threads, 
and uh, someone that I very much respect, um, even though I don't agree with him on everything on his conclusions. Uh, he always makes me think differently, and I very much appreciate that. So Dawson S. Field on Twitter. Give him a follow. So Rodney Joffe's front company, Trust Core Systems, is getting booted by the internet browsers because of revelations that it has the same officers as Packet Forensics. Their service is supposed to guarantee that a website is genuine and who set and is who it, who it says it's, it is. It's who it purports to be. But as we have noticed with other branches of Newstar, another Joffe company, if you don't remember, there have been questions about access by pretending to be on a network. Packet forensics came into focus during the Durham indictment of Hillary's lawyer, Michael Sussman. They were involved in data collection and spying against then-candidate Trump and later President Trump. It is likely that they had authority to do spoofing on behalf of the NSA and DOD. But as we say in Durham's case against Sussman, or as we saw in Durham's case against Sussman, I think, Joffe and his associates abused that authority to spy upon Trump Tower, his condo building, and the executive office of the president. And if I remember, guys, he spied on the executive office of the president while Obama was still president. If I recall correctly, we found evidence of that thanks to the Sussman trial. And that is very interesting, considered that Joffe is Hillary's guy. And it really makes me wonder about the separation between the Clinton team and the Obama team and the Clinton team working against Obama and perhaps Obama and his team taking some action against the Clintons that we're not aware of. Just saying the, the Democrat party is not united. Uh, they are not united in all of their causes and their their knives out for each other often. But as we say, as we saw, okay, I got that. Sorry. I got that. I'm sure it's all up on the it's on the up and up. That's why you set up a shell company in Panama instead of a US-based LLC corporation, right? That is one of the most curious things about this is that Packet Forensics is located in, let's see, New Stars in Virginia, I believe. Packet Forensics is in Arizona. But then this Trust Corps company, which shares the same officers as Packet Forensics, is set up in Panama and has a UPS mail drop box as a business address um, up in Canada, I think it was. Nothing sus about that. Researchers found that TrustCore was offering an email service with end-to-end encryption, but that TrustCore had access to read the emails. There is yet another company here too, Measurement Systems, a spyware company in Panama with ties to Packet Forensics. That's the one in Panama. Sorry, Measurement Systems. The Pentagon is, of course, not commenting, of course. Interesting, in 2019, the UAE Intelligence Agency that had formerly been hiring former NSA employees as spying contractors, tried to get this authority too. A Chinese company got caught playing the same games in 2015. That would be dark matter. In 2019, a security company controlled by the government of the UAE that had been known as dark matter applied to be upgraded as top-level root authority from intermediate authority and less independence. 
That followed revelations that dark matter had hacked dissidents and even some Americans. Mozilla denied it root power. In 2015, Google withdrew the root authority of the China Internet Network Information Center, the CNNIC, after it allowed an intermediate authority to to issue fake certificates for Google sites. Measurement systems paid software developers to include spyware in their apps that downloaded phone numbers, emails, and exact location data. Vostrom Holdings, likely a U.S. intelligence community front with Joffe and others posing as ownership, registered the website for measurement systems. And guys, I so I remember Vostrom. I swear I remember Vostrom from the Durham filings. And I'm just going to search it right now because I remember when I was going over this information on Friday's show, I was like, man, I know... I know this company, Vostrom Holdings, from covering Durham. I know I know it. And from Fool Nelson, the Joffe deposition is out. He invokes his Fifth Amendment rights. That's from February 25th, the last of this year. I remember this. In relation to packet forensics, data analytics, ERP services, Dino Capital, Block 3, Littoral Ventures, White Hat Security. However, he admits to no ownership connection to Bostrom Holdings, okay? He said he doesn't. Joffe testified that I have no ownership connection, business connection to that domain at all. There it is. That's what I'm remembering. I'm remembering that there was speculation that Vostrom Holdings was one of the internet companies in the filing before he figured out who they were. Let me see what Fisher Ames has here. We're doing this on the fly. We'll dig right now. This is from March of this year. They're the IPs that resolve to Vostrom. Some of them do. Vostrom Holdings Incorporated is an Arizona business filed on 31st of March, October, 31st October, 2001. The company's filing status is listed as appointed. 1031-2001, its file number is this. The company has one contact on record, Victor Oppelman. I remember that name. Oppelman and some of Joffe's other friends wrote a book. Victor Oppelman developed backbone systems at Genuity, later a senior architect at BBN and GTE. Oliver Friedrich, senior manager at Symantec, security response, his shared experience, DHS, USSS, IRS, DOD, NASA, FOSI, and Canada's D&D. Brett Watson previously worked for Genuity and MCI and shares the hopscotch patent with Joffe. James Willett, founder of JTEL, was previously director of professional services for Main Nerve Services Communications Electronics Maintenance Chief in Marine Corps. Zachary Kenner, Jesse Dunnigan, store runner, Main Nerve's principal system architect. Global Crossing. Jim Lippard, director of informational information security operations at Global Crossing. 
You guys remember Global, Global Crossing, right? The giant telco bankruptcy that happened right around the same time as Enron. Global Crossing was the company the British MOD called when it needed a mini-sub originally designed for NATO military rescue missions so they could rescue the Kursk, a sunken Russian nuclear sub with 118 seamen aboard. I wonder if Oppelman collaborated with NQTEL on any projects while he was at BBN. Operating independently, Vostrom Ventures is the venture fund and investment arm of the company whose mission is to empower founders of innovative startups through funding, guidance, and strategic customer acquisition. Where's that quest? James O'Shanessi, director, COO, is NetForce's security operations. This is how uh, Fisher Ames threads. He just uh, builds out connections like this. He's a really good follow also. Nim Kef, N-I-M-K-E-F over on Twitter. Very good follow. So what about Vostrom Holdings? Joffe, I have no ownership. I wonder if this is Joffe. If so, this seems like a business connection from 18th October 2016. Vostrom Ventures team, Rodney, venture partner. Rodney is a serial entrepreneur and business soothsayer. He's had numerous $50 million plus exits. More importantly, he's built real companies, creating tangible infrastructure, and he's delivered. Did, did Joffe lie? Oh, come on. Show me this. Oh, no, it doesn't resolve to anything. Did Joffe lie? We need... Okay, this web archive page did not come up. Bostrom Holdings team. Oh, no. All right, let me search another archive site, see if it comes up there. Did Joffe lie under oath when he said he had no connection? I wonder if it's just that he used to have a connection. Oh, there's nothing there either. Here's the page on the Wayback Machine. This one. Let me uh, have this link. Let's see. So this is from Main Nerve and talks about Victor Oppelman and Jeffrey Logson. I want to select this here. For some reason, that's gone, even from the Wayback Machine, although you can know that it existed because it's right here. Fisher Ames has the link for it from when it was there, but for some reason, it's been removed from the Wayback Machine. Isn't that dasting, guys? Isn't that dasting? You know it's there. You know it was there at one point because they have the, we have the web archive link, and there doesn't appear to be anything wrong with the web archive link. 
appears to me like someone scrubbed it. Okay, let's go back to uh, the thread we were on. I just wanted to rabbit trail off on the Vostrom for a moment because I remember, I remember now we were speculating that that was one of the internet companies in the Sussman indictment. It turns out it wasn't, but it's still one that is connected to Joffe, and Joffe was asked asked about it in his deposition for the the uh, Sussman case, and he pled the fifth on everything else, but on that one he said, "No, no, I don't have anything to do with that company," but. It looks like he does. Back to Dawson's thread here. Okay. Internet communications is broken into packets of data that include both contents of communications and metadata about who sent it to whom and when Google Mozilla and Apple were notified of these issues in April, but did not act until after the Washington post published the previous story. The previous story about Trustcore is here and was published on 11-8-2022. I read that story on, on Friday. And I know, guys, that a lot of what I'm going over here I covered on Friday, but we're going to get in deeper. This is also connected to another packet forensics connection, Ray Salino and Global Resource Systems, who took over 100 to 175 million supposedly dormant Pentagon IP addresses on January 20th, 2021, three minutes before Trump left office. This is interesting, of course, because these abilities, likely authorized by the DOD, allowed abuse by Joffe and his associates to spy upon Trump and his associates. This this root certificate ability would allow a website to pretend to be anything, even Russian. Now, this is uh, Dawson's thread from back when this came out in the Sussman indictment, and let's go through it. Um... Revelations from the Sussman indictment. So we're going back in time to when the indictment first came out. Led me to led me to info that exposes a much bigger conspiracy. I found information that connects the Hoover investigation into theft at NSA data to Durham's investigation of the Clinton campaign. It is worse than we thought. Hashtag, but nothing is happening. That is Dawson's hashtag that he uses all the time. If you go on Twitter and search, but nothing's happening, you will find a whole thousands by now thousands of tweets which show you something definitely is happening yesterday muse scry mentioned my first thread on twitter in may 2018 where i laid out the case that from at least 2015 hillary clinton and her oppo research team cody Shear and Sidney blumenthal were under investigation for having illegal access to nsa data What if I told you there was another Clinton email investigation? To sum up, Blumenthal was emailing HRC NSA intercepted data and reports until he got hacked by Guccifer. State Department released one of these emails publicly, not knowing it was NSA reporting. NSA and FBI began an investigation into how Hillary was getting NSA intercepts in private emails. That investigation led to the FBI's Washington field office, where it was discovered that contractors had been given illegal access to raw NSA data, triggering an NSA investigation of all about inquiries on NSA data. Same day this was discovered, McCabe and Page were trying to fix this issue. Here are their text messages. We have struck... Okay, link me, link is their uh, message system. 
Link me when you get to desk. I'll finish. Re-OCA and briefing requirements. Page, yes, but we need to f- try to fix a huge F up. Struck, who or what, who or wash or WFO, Washington field office. Have info for you. And then it's redacted pages next to, or uh, Struck's next to task. text. Page replies, Washington field office, WFO. I'm still here. Need to go meet with Andy again now. That'd be McCabe. Struck. Okay, I need to be back at headquarters at 6.30 anyway, heading back to HQ. That was at 7.30 where he wrote that for this timestamp here, but obviously we're adjusting for uh, some sort of time zone. Paige, you hear? I need to leave soon. Struck messages is blacked out, blacked out or redacted. And then Paige replies in skiff one second. That access was closed on April 18th, 2016. So another method of spying had to be conducted. While the hunt was on for about inquiries about query spies, much of this was exposed with the declassification of this foreign intelligence surveillance court order. This is from the DNI. D. Issues arising under FBI minimization procedures. The following violations of the FBI's minimization procedures merit discussion. 1. Improper disclosures of raw information. On March 9th, 2016, DOJ oversight personnel conducting a minimization review at the FBI's redacted learned that the FBI had disclosed raw FISA information, including but not limited to Section 702 acquired information, 2A redacted compliance report at 92. Redacted is part of the redacted. Top secret. This is uh, no foreign is no foreign intelligence. I don't remember what Orcon is. Um, All right. Redacted and quote is largely staffed by private contractors. Redacted. Redacted. Certain redacted contractors had access to raw FISA information on FBI storage systems. Redacted. The apparent purpose for the FBI's granting such access was to receive analytical assistance from redacted. Nonetheless, the redacted contractors had access to raw FISA information that went well beyond what was necessary to respond to the FBI's request. Then redacted, the FBI discontinued the above-described access to raw FISA information as of April 18, 2016. Redacted. The contractors in question received training on the FBI minimization procedures. Back to Dawson. On October 21st, 2016, the day Carter Page's FISA was signed, NSA notified the FISA court that DOJ National Security Division had failed to mention the contractor access in their annual report of minimization violations, filed in September 2016 to renew FISA access for 2017. Excuse me. From Dawson back on June 23rd, 2018. I love timelines. I'll wrap up this thread with an interesting one from 2016. 1019, Hillary accuses Trump of being Putin's puppet. 1020, NSA compliance officer briefs Admiral Rogers on illegal FBI spying. 1021, FISA order on Carter Page. 1021, NSA notifies DOJ and FISA court of spying. 
1024, NSA verbally briefs FISA court. 1026, NSA briefs with written reports the full FISA court. 1027, Wiener laptop obstruction raised at Comey staff meeting. 1028, Carter Page writes EU Human Rights Commission to report election tampering by spying on him, leaking false info. 1028, Comey notifies Congress of reopening the Clinton investigation. 1029, Nova announces FBI did not destroy Clinton team laptops. 1030, Senator Reid writes Comey demanding he announce Trump-Russia investigation. 1031, FBI leaks investigation to Mother Jones. 11-1, FBI leaks no evidence of collusion. 11-3, FBI counterintelligence seizes 60 notebooks of classified information from home of a CIA contractor. From 2006 to 2016, he ran an unauthorized about inquiries, about queries, using CIA and other databases on U.S. persons. 11-6. Clinton investigation closed again after Strzok and two others reviewed 3,000 of her emails. Back to Dawson. My theory is that Page joined the Trump campaign as bait for Spygate to catch those conducting the about queries. He joined soon after the access was discovered and three weeks before it was closed. This stolen intel was then laundered into the Steele dossier and used to get the FISA. Now, we get back to the current story. Sussman's indictment details that the data spying on Trump was run from May 4th, 2016 to July 29th, 2016. So tea leaves was spying two weeks after the contractor access to about queries was ended. There were likely multiple unauthorized accesses, though. I have a very detailed thread on the indictment. One error, though. I thought FBI was Agency 1. It looks like it was the Department of Defense, specifically the the National Security Agency. This is the new info in this thread. Sussman enlisted his client at Newstar to help the DNC and HRC portray Trump as a Russian agent to influence the 2016 election. TE1, Tech Executive 1, likely Rodney Joffe, and we later learned it was indeed Rodney Joffe through his attorneys. Joffe participated in that effort days after his company lost a $453 million FCC contract. Did Joffe hope to get it back? It turns out, yes, he did. He did. Joffe ordered employees of one of his companies to illegally search data that Newstar held as part of a sensitive relationship with the NSA. Spygate was not FBI spying on Trump. It is an NSA contractor offered a job by the Clinton campaign spying on Trump and his associates. That's a really, really good point. Like, I catch a lot of grief because I keep on trying to make the point that Trump is an asset and the spying was being done by Joffe and by these contractors and that the FISA thing yeah, they were able to spy on Page and then people within two hops or three hops or whatever. Um, but Trump is already an asset. So he's he's already feeding information to the good guys in the FBI and in the DOJ. And But the bad guys need to spy on him. So they're using this method of Joffe's access 
and these these contractors to be able to to spy on him through that way. But everybody's all up in their FBI bad all the time, so they don't they're not they 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 just they don't they don't even see this. Since 1977, Newstar has had access to the metadata of almost every mobile phone call and text in the U.S. and Canada. They also provided law enforcement with subpoenaed phone records millions of times a year, letting them know who every detective and agent in America was investigating. That's that's really key. Like we learned through the Sussman case that Joffe was um, using the Georgia researchers, I believe it was, to go through all this data and try to find anything on Trump and Trump's family and people around Trump. They were literally going through their phone calls and their computers and all of their, any website they visited, trying to find anything they could to link them to Russia. That is the contract they were, they were officially notified that they were losing half of their revenue and part of their ability to spy on law enforcement. Seems like a motive to hope a friendly regime would cancel that deal before it was implemented. And you see, this is, uh, who knows how much crime was, well, who knows how many investigations into the criminals was destroyed, like their investigations were thwarted or destroyed or led astray or went cold because Joffe and his people were able to see who law enforcement was investigating before it was public and could then notify those people. So like you wonder, how did the swamp get so big? How did the swamp get so powerful? Well, they had people like Joffe involved with these contracts who were able to see the communications of not just U.S. citizens, but of law enforcement, and they could alert Swamp creatures that, hey, the FBI is starting to take an interest into your communications with so-and-so. You should probably change up what you're doing. I mean, they, they literally had the swamp had eyes inside the law enforcement that would have been tasked with going after the swamp. What other business was Newstar doing? Providing data and services for the NSA and their surveillance programs. Access that was given to university researchers to query information about Trump and his, his associates. Nim Kef has done a great thread on Newstar and their connections. This one right here. I think I may have read this on the show before. Not sure. Newstar was hiring a wide variety of swampy players to lobby the FCC and lawmakers to block the contract exchange contract change to Ericsson approaching both sides of the swamp and hiring Chertoff and Sussman. I don't know if Joffy, if a uh, Dawson's going to mention it here, but Ericsson later got convicted of bribing. Um, Ericsson bribed officials in Af in an African country, I believe in order to get the same type of contract there. And then I'm trying to remember what happened with Erickson here, but I feel like their contract also fell apart here in the U.S. Anyway, Newstar was billed as the most powerful company that you have never heard of. Yeah. Let's see, what article is, is this? I want to see. Hmm. 
Who's this from? The New American, the most powerful, well-connected company you've never heard of, July 20th, 2012. Have you ever heard of a tech company called Newstar? Probably not, and that's just the way they want it. That's just the way the government wants to keep it, actually. Newstar is a relatively new company that is playing a large, albeit secret, role in the expansion of the surveillance state. Yeah, they sure were. In fact, Shane Harris, a reporter rumored to have Fusion GPS contacts, was pushing a Jaffe-sourced story in 2014, lobbying for Newstar to be given control of all of NSA's phone data so that they could claim the government didn't possess it to violate the FISA minimization. An investigation of illegal about queries almost certainly led to the NSA's data center in Utah, where federal crimes are investigated by... U.S. Attorney John Huber. Huber's work in early 2017 was considered important. He was an Obama USA's reappointed U.S. US attorney, reappointed by Trump to continue his work. Huber was assigned the investigation into spying upon the Trump campaign because NSA's data center was built in Camp Williams, Utah from 2011 to 2013. Guess who the NSA's contractor for that data center was? Newstar. In Newstar's 2011 SEC report submitted in early 2012, they report that they now lease 8,000 square feet of office space in Utah. It was not in their previous year's report, so it, it opened in 2011. But where in Utah? I found them in a technology park in Orem, Utah, located about seven miles from the NSA's data center. I won't share the address, again, that doxing thing. I also found employees on networking sites who went to work for Newstar in November 2011 as the data center was being constructed. In July 2017, Newstar withdrew all of its stock offerings as part of the merger and removed the requirement to file public data with SEC. So the report from early 2016 shows the office still on their books. Searches show that they may still rent that office today. So USA, U.S. Attorney Huber was investigating the leaks of data from NSA's Utah Center where Tech Executive One, Rodney Joffe, was giving access to researchers who were spying on Trump. In 2018, U.S. Attorney Durham was investigating FBI personnel for leaks to reporters of classified information about the NSA. This leak investigation exonerated Baker of the leak accusations, but left an inference that he was a leaker about the NSA programs. And that still persists today, even with with the Twitter news and Baker being legal counsel for Twitter. Everybody's the clickbait conservative incorporated media is taking the opportunity to diss on James Baker. And look, James Baker is probably someone I disagree with on a number of political things, but we need to be very careful about assigning blame for things to people based on weak inferences and especially based on fake news coming out of the Clinton campaign and other sources. Baker gets blamed for a lot of things that he has nothing that he doesn't deserve the blame for. And Baker fully cooperated with Durham's at least for the Sussman case, Baker fully cooperated with Durham. If Baker hadn't cooperated with Durham, we would have learned that Baker was under investigation. We didn't learn that. 
And we didn't learn that because Baker did cooperate. This leak investigation exonerated Baker. You may remember that Baker was accused of leaking all this stuff. I still see people saying that that's what happened, but he was exonerated of that. Baker knew it was unusual for an attorney to bring him evidence for a case. Yet that is what Sussman did in September of 2016 while he was trying to falsely accuse Trump of being a Russian agent and get the press to cover FBI involvement. I even saw one clickbait magazine or clickbait website this weekend say that James Baker was the architect of Spygate. No. No, he wasn't. He was just the dude who took a phone call in an interview with Sussman and Sussman gave him the information and Baker said, okay, thanks. And then he gave it over to the rest of the FBI to investigate. That doesn't make him an architect. And if Baker was, I've said it made this point before. If Baker was in on it with Sussman, then Durham charged Sussman with the wrong crime because the crime was that Durham, that Sussman lied to Baker when he said he wasn't representing a client. If Baker was in on it, then Sussman couldn't have been charged with lying to Baker because Baker was in on it. So it wouldn't have been a lie. Durham would have charged him with the wrong crime. He would have needed to charge both of them with conspiracy to lie to the FBI, right? Or something along those lines. It doesn't, the charge against Sussman doesn't make sense if Baker was quote unquote in on it. The charge against Sussman only makes sense if Baker wasn't in on it. Anyway, I'm, I'm ranting a bit. Then Republicans get news. They did not expect that Baker was being investigated by Durham. Since he has not been charged with the second leak either, it is likely that he is guilty. And I'll explain why it is unlikely that he is guilty. And I'll explain why this is from Jordan. Mr. Jordan, just to clarify for us, your counsel advising Mr. Baker not to answer that question because of not because of its class, not because of its classified not because of any classification concerns, but because there is an ongoing investigation by whom? Mr. Levin, the Justice Department. Mr. Jordan, I mean, is the Inspector General looking at this or is this? No, it's Mr. John Durham, a prosecutor. Mr. Huber, no, Durham. His name's Durham. This is James Baker's interview. Okay, and go back again and tell me what the investigation, the reason you can't answer more specific questions about the dossier is because there's an investigation, an ongoing investigation as we speak. Looking into exactly what? I'm sorry, I didn't say he couldn't answer any questions about the dossier. He just has answered some. So who is Baker? Wait, let me see. He just answered some. I didn't want him talking about interactions with reporters because there is an ongoing leak investigation that the department is having. This is from January of 2019. Mr. Jordan, he just talked to me about his interactions with the reporter. Mr. Levin, who is representing Baker, I believe. Well, he's talked a little bit about it, but I don't want him talking about conversations he's had with reporters because I don't know what the questions are and I don't know what the answers are right now. Given that there is an ongoing investigation of him for leaks, which the department has not closed, I'm not comfortable letting him answer questions. So in terms of getting stuff from Mr. Korn, he told you what he remembers about it, Mr. Jordan. So he talked to me only about what Mr. Korn may have given him via information or actual documents or recordings or anything else, but he's not allowed to talk to me about information he may have given Mr. Korn himself. That's right. 
as a general matter, that's right. I mean, if you want to ask specific questions, we can figure it out. But as a general matter, I'm not comfortable having him talk about things he has said to reporters while the department still has an ongoing investigation. Mr. Jordan, did any, did Franklin Foyer, the guy who wrote this article, did he ever reach out to you? I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have him answer any questions as asking about any interactions with the press. Mr. Jordan, I'm not talking about whether he reached out to reporters. I'm asking, did reporters reach out to you? So it's coming that direction. I understand. I'm not going to have him talk about any conversation with reporters. Well, I think we, last time we talked about Mr. Corn pretty in depth. Yes, we did. We talked about him bringing some information in, but I don't believe we, anyway, that's, I'm not going to let him answer their questions about whether he had conversations with reporters. Are you going to give me the same answer when I asked Mr. Isakoff? Did Mr. Isakoff ever reach out to you? Yes, same instruction to him. We are we are writing requests to additional information about your ongoing criminal investigation of James Baker as disclosed to the committee. Now, that's from a letter sent to, you can see right there, it's from a letter sent to John Durham asking about that leak investigation. And Levin would not let Baker answer any questions about conversations with reporters because Baker was under investigation at that time for leaking information to reporters. So of course he wouldn't want him to comment on anything like that. So back to Dawson. So who is Baker accused of leaking NSA information to reporters who claim they got information from a senior FBI official, but who actually got the info from Perkins Coie fusion GPS and Chris Steele. So Baker was accused of leaks. The HRC frame-up team coordinated. Get it? Is that clear? Baker's accused of the leaks that were coordinated by HRC's team. It's obvious this info was given to Baker instead of Crossfire Hurricane agents because Baker was authorized to speak to the press. Then, when provided with the documents by HRC's team, they called Baker in a planned effort to claim he was the source, all to conceal that Fusion GPS was the source. This is one of the reporters Jim Jordan asked Baker about. Now, imagine if the FBI was running a reporter's phone records and New Star is a company providing them to FBI and warning their co-conspirators. Imagine when Durham realized that the NSA data used to set up the Russian collusion narrative was provided to the reporters by Rodney Joffe of Newstar, the suspects in Hoover's investigation of providing researchers access to NSA data and ordering them to illegally spy on Trump. Other researchers, including Walk of Fire, Full Nelson, Climate Audit, and Cody Ave, did great work identifying many of the players in this case from Alpha Bank court documents and other sources of evidence. There is solid attribution that the university involved is Georgia Tech, and that proved to be true. Individual researchers have been questioned by Alpha Bank in their lawsuit, but I want to connect a few dots from higher in the thread. Newstar gave Georgia Tech access to Agency One. NSA, NSA's data, 
that it had access to due to sensitive relationship with the U.S. government. Tea Leaves and the researchers accessed NSA's data being provided to them by Newstar to spy on Trump and his associates from July 2016 until February 2017. Durham claims that had the FBI known Sussman was working for Hillary's campaign to frame Trump, they would have quickly identified that these researchers were using NSA data to spy on Trump even after he became president. Georgia Tech was in the process of finalizing a contract with NSA to access their data to help identify and attribute cyber attacks against the United States. Now here, I missed this in my first thread. Tea Leaves was planning to sell this data to Georgia Tech to complete the NSA contract. But Newstar and Joffe actually got the contract to sell NSA's data to Georgia Tech, giving them early access in exchange for spying upon Trump. Here's the connecting detail. NSA did not sign the contract with Georgia Tech to perform the work until November 2016. In 11 16 Georgia Tech announced that they had received the contract from NSA, an agency of the Department of Defense. Now, if I remember right, it actually was DARPA. But did it fall under NSA? Like a, like a DARPA initiative that was connected to NSA. Let me see. $17 million contract to help establish science and attribution. The research sponsored by the U.S. Department of Defense will be led by researchers at Georgia Tech. Okay. It just says Department of Defense. It has Antonakakis in here. I, if I remember right, as the Sussman case developed, it became clear that it was a DARPA contract with Georgia Tech, but that, but, um, yeah, it became clear it was a DARPA contract with Georgia Tech, but it could be a Department of Defense program that DARPA connected to DARPA, or it could be an NSA program connected with DARPA. So, details from the announcement, $17 million to fund the very program described in the indictment, a program used as an excuse to cover, to spy, not only upon a presidential campaign, but upon the President of the United States. I suspect we will find these same researchers and PR specialists leaked President Trump's phone calls with the leaders of Mexico and Australia in early 2017, damaging our relations with those nations. Comey even wrote a memo in February 2017 to document that there was illegal spying against the president. Though this NSA revelation probably means that there was no FISA on Flynn, just researchers spying on the National Security Advisor of the president. Now think of that, guys. They didn't even need a FISA to spot. Remember, they went to try and get FISAs on other individuals and couldn't get them. But they didn't actually need it. They needed the FISAs in order to make it like legal that they were spying on them, right? Like to give a legal vehicle for it. But they were doing it anyway, using New Star's access. President Trump even took the opportunity to inform Time Magazine in May of 2017 that the White House had been spied upon and did it the night before Comey was fired to make sure it was on the record. Remember that article where Trump talks about how he's, they found bugs in the wall. There were likely surveillance devices in the White House too. 
Trump took time to point out the secure phone system where the foreign calls were intercepted from. He also made a big deal about his TiVo and TV, a common compromise spy tool. I hope you guys remember that. Now, I know we just been on a trail there. We're going to go back. We went on a trail there back to September 2021. Now we're going to jump forward to a couple days ago. So, as Durham has already shown us, Spygate was a bunch of DOD contractors spying upon Trump, then feeding misleading and false information to the FBI through Hillary's lawyers and also feeding it to the press and the PR teams and the DNC and billing the Pentagon for doing so. Federal contractors illegally access NSA data to investigate Trump for Hillary's campaign, then use it to trick the FBI into investigating Trump. The ultimate goal, an excuse to remove honest leaders from FBI and DOJ who investigated Hillary. That's a really key point, and it's, he's bringing up one of my favorite documents we've ever gotten in the Spygate saga. If you can take yourself back to 2016 and the Clinton email server and the Wiener laptop and all that was going on then, you may remember that the Democrats and the media hated the FBI because they were investigating Hillary. Comey was enemy number one of the left. And if things had worked out the way that Hillary wanted, when she won and when she was sworn in, she would have cleaned out everybody in the FBI and DOJ who had investigated her and her associates. Gotten rid of all of them. Joffe would have gotten a high up cyber security type gig where he would have had access to spy on everybody he wanted which would mean that she had access to spy on everybody she wanted. They would have sewn up all the people who weren't Team Hillary. But instead, Trump won. And all their efforts to frame Trump meant they were now caught. They never expected her to lose. So they were willing to go much farther and commit bigger crimes and leave more evidence of those crimes because they were convinced that Hillary was going to win no matter what. So whatever they did, it was going to be okay because Hillary was going to put her people in FBI. She was going to promote McCabe. She was going to get rid of Comey and others who were willing to investigate her. And they would have gotten away with everything because HRC had the state department. She had, she was going to get DOJ. She was going to clean all it all, it all up put all of her cronies where they needed to be so that nobody was held accountable. But Trump won. And that screwed everything up. That screwed screwed everything up for them. That's why Trump says he caught them all. Because he was the bait, and they went after him with everything they had. And in doing so, they left this trail of criminality. Back to Dawson. I find it interesting that the Post mentioned the UAE's, UAE's continuation of Project Raven, attempted to get this root certificate authority in 2019. Were they contracting that out to Joffe's network before? 
and then wanted their own authority. This group of cyber mercenaries worked for Richard Clark, the Clinton NSC terrorism guru. And Secretary of State Clinton authorized the export of these cyber weapons to UAE in 2011. Amazingly, on December 31st, 2015, the cyber mercenaries were terminated by Project Raven and no longer worked for the Clintonistas while while spying on Americans. On January 1st, 2016, they were directly employed by the UAE while they were spying on Americans. Guess you wouldn't want Clinton fingerprints, right? Oh, Wichter Babe. I wonder if she lost her account. I'm guessing she lost her other account. She's a great follow. Wichter Babe here, Dawson, I will never forget the broken certificate that occurred the night we were cross-referencing Sussman info against the OIG. Dawson, yep, that's right. Right before it was revealed that Sussman, secretly on behalf of Joffe, went to the OIG claiming he had been spying on an OIG investigator and detected them connecting to a foreign network. Ooh. From January 25th of this year, kaboom, in addition to his efforts to sway FBI and CIA, Sussman approached the OIG in early 2017, claiming one of his clients, Joffe, had observed an OIG special agent in charge using a VPN to communicate with a foreign country. Were Joffe and Sussman framing them to control the OIG cases? In other words, guys, was remember, Sussman shopped this stuff around. He shopped it to the FBI. And then something that a lot of pretty much everybody in conservative incorporated misses Sussman shopped the alpha gate hoax to the FBI in September of 2016. And their communications show his communications showed that after doing that, he became nervous that the FBI wasn't taking it and wasn't going to investigate it the way they wanted to, and instead was suspicious of Sussman. So Sussman took it to the CIA later on, and he also took it to the OIG. And what he was trying to do was to create the impression that there were all these different reports of some sort of secret Trump AlphaGate server Russian collusion thing. He was trying to take it to different agencies so that investigators would get reports from these different agencies about it. And they would think, Oh, it's on the radar of all three of these agencies. There must be something to it when really it was all the same source shopping it around. He was laundering the Intel. Joffe did the same thing. Remember Joffe had been, had had CHS status. If I remember right. And Joffe had tried to take it to his handler, but didn't want to be named. Joffe was trying to shop it too, or launder it. They were all trying to launder these accusations to try and get the FBI to seriously investigate Trump and take this fake data as being legit when it wasn't. But the FBI saw straight through the data. That's another thing that goes against the narrative that the FBI was out to get Trump and that the FBI is fully corrupt and all that because... Obviously, it's not because the FBI agents saw through the Alpha Bank data and they could have ignored that and instead just investigated Trump and pretended that they didn't 
the data was legit. Like if they were out to get Trump, they could have just taken it from Sussman and be like, all right, let's go. And they could have gotten him and then damaged Trump's campaign, prevented Trump from winning. And then years later, when it was figured out that it was all bunk, the damage would have been done and Hillary would have been president and in control anyway. So it would have been no loss, right? Like, it wouldn't have, if if all if the FBI was fully corrupt and out to get Trump back then, then they had this perfect opportunity, several of them, to get Trump, and it and it wouldn't have mattered if it was legit if what they were basing it on predicating these investigations on was legit and deserved the investigation, because Hillary would have won, and then. She could have put her people in FBI, gotten rid of the people who were interested in investigating her, and then Trump could have fought this in court for years and eventually probably maybe getting gotten cleared and got the evidence thrown out. But it wouldn't have mattered because the, the Trump wouldn't have been president. So the, the, the goal would have been achieved, right? Instead, FBI took it and was like, um, this stuff doesn't make sense. And then some other people in FBI were like, we got to investigate them and push it. And they revealed themselves as being Hillary's people within the FBI. Sussman approached the OIG on behalf of Joffe in March of 2017. Sussman held a meeting with IG Horowitz and his then general counsel, William Blyer, who was general counsel from 2010 to 2018, to tell them about Joffe's forensic report accusing a SAC at OIG of foreign collusion. And what they did was they said that they saw over his shoulder and he was using a VPN and blah, blah, blah. Also huge, OIG has been holding James Baker's phones without anyone knowing that. Y'all remember this? When we learned that OIG had other Baker's phones that hadn't been turned over to Durham yet. I think that Baker... I think that I that identified Baker as one of the FBI whistleblowers OIG has discussed in the past but not named, providing hard evidence of Sussman's efforts against Baker and the FBI. Here's another reason why I'm not on team Baker is an architect of Spygate nonsense. Baker turned in his phones to the OIG. He gave them the evidence. And then he cooperated with Durham and testified at Sussman's trial against Sussman. Now you can say, yeah, but Baker said that Sussman had been his friend and he thought that Sussman was his friend and like, okay, fine. I mean, Baker, Baker is on the left and Baker had worked with Sussman and thought he was a nice guy and thought those, I mean, for what it's worth, he thought he was his friend, but he betrayed him and tried to use him. And it almost cost Baker. Baker almost went to prison for, you know, like, anyway, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but I'm the reason I get fired up about it is because too many people in conservative incorporated are eager to assign blame and wrongdoing to the wrong people based on weak evidence. And what it does is it prevents us from assigning the blame to the correct people. And in the end, when you are assigning blame for things to the wrong people, you're helping team Hillary. You're helping team swamp. Like what the swamp wants us to do is to assign blame to the wrong people. 
and to discredit actual good people or just gray people or just people who are just part of the 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 what's gone on but they're not integral and they're not culprits they're not um villains the swamp wants us to be distracted by every player and to blame every player except for the ones that we should be blaming because that helps protect the real swamp creatures hope that makes sense all right. So very curious due to the burden, DOJ and OIG is focused on COVID aid corruption investigations. Those are going really well, by the way, if you haven't noticed it, justice.gov. Um, it seems like every week there's more um, either convictions or indictments or uh, settlements related to um, COVID fraud and uh, the loan PP loans or whatever um, testing fraud, all sorts of stuff. It's really good work being done. OIG did not run Durham's request for discovery on all the evidence Horowitz team collected. Instead, Horowitz asked Durham's team to assist with searches bypassing OIG people. FBI Inspection Division and Internal Affairs is investigating the agents on the Russia investigations. They have not been handed over to Durham yet, but they expect them to be handed over later. Docs usually not provided in cases either unless specific agent's misconduct is involved. All right. We have not heard. That's a good, that's a good stopping point. We have not heard the last of the people involved in Russia collusion, Spygate, Russiagate investigations at FBI, OIG, and other agencies. There are bad people who did who committed criminal acts or at least committed unethical um, dastardly acts that deserve to be held accountable. We haven't heard the last of all of that and it's, it's still going on, but we learned um, we learned of some of them at the Sussman case in the trial. And we learned of more of them in the uh, Danchenko trial. And then remember Tebow is gone and Brian Otten has been recommended for suspension but it's on appeal right now. I expect he probably will be suspended. <clears throat> and there are others. The fact that it's not in the headlines that this is going on doesn't mean it's not going on. The news media, who was complicit in Spygate and propping up Russia collusion, has no interest in telling you about the things in which they were complicit in. They're not going to, they're not going to come and tell you, they're not going to tell you about it. You got to go find it for yourself. Um, really good thread here by Dawson. Again, give him a follow. Dawson's a great follow. Um, and I know that I have said many times, Joffy's the next indictment. And I so want that to be true. I so want that to be true. Um, but the, the, the more we get into Joffe and what he did, the more I'm like, man, it can't just be Joffe. Like there can't just be an indictment of Joffe, just him. It's probably a conspiracy case. It's probably a Rico indictment. It would be Joffe and everybody he worked with to accomplish these things like the Joffe indictment wouldn't be like Danchenko or Sussman. 
where it was this person and these specific acts, these lies. It wouldn't be 1001 charges. It would be much bigger. But seeing something like this with trust core systems and knowing that Joffe pled the fifth to Durham all those times and Joffe refused to testify against Sussman and um, Durham confirmed in paperwork that Joffe is a subject of his special counsel investigation. And the Sussman indictment really coming off more as a indictment of Joffe rather than an indictment of Sussman. You know, you know, an indictment of Joffe is coming. And when it hits, I don't think it's just going to be him. I think it's going to be a Rico case. I think it's going to be conspiracy charges. And it's going to be huge. And something like this, I just can't help but wonder. I just can't help but wonder if this is like one of those ripples in the pond where there's action happening somewhere else. And you're just seeing this ripple right here with trust core systems and web browsers dropping trust, trust core systems because of root certificate authority stuff and whatever. I just can't help but wonder if somewhere off in this swamp, a big splash just happened because an indictment is there waiting and the ripple effect from it has caused browsers to drop trust core. In other words, Joffe may be the next indictment. <laughs> I'm hoping so. So, all right, guys, this was the bonus hour. I hope you enjoyed it. I know that it was just me trailing off in Dawson's threads. <laughs> but hey, time, time spent in Dawson threads is time well spent. And uh, I haven't read it very many of them on the show lately. So um, I enjoyed presenting this one. Um, you guys have a great weekend. God bless. I'll be on tonight with Burning Bright for Defected Episode 5. Hope you'll join us there. And uh, remember, not going to win every battle. We are going to win this war. God bless. <laughs>